Michigan State. It seems like the consensus favorite in the Big Ten is Michigan State, and I'm joined by Spirit 89 FM Sports' Andrew Hayes. Andrew, what's going on? How's it going, Hank? Thanks for having me, man. Of course, man. I'm obviously not doing as well as you are since we're talking directly after the Michigan State win over the Kentucky Wildcats. And it seems like this Michigan State team has expectations that surpass just being the Big Ten favorites and the Big Ten champions, but more being a national title contender and possibly the national title contender favorite, correct? It's, I mean, especially after this game, it's it's tough to not to start get that, starting to get that feeling. Um, in past years, the, the, the talk of, of Izzo and kind of around campus is, is, is you know, you want to win, win the big see where you can go in March. But um, I think this year is, is especially big because they have, they have so many guys returning. They only lost one guy in Derek Nix. Um, they've got a couple of guys who are looking to go really high in the, in the NBA draft with uh, Gary Harris and, um, and Adrian Payne. And they've got, I mean, they returned four starters, and they returned even more guys that, that come in off the bench. So it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a Final Four at least year. And, and, uh, and to be completely honest with you, a, a Final Four would feel a little empty this year if uh, if that was all that they brought home. I would actually agree with that, especially after watching that win over Kentucky. I know what you get with Gary Harris, but I noticed that, Denzel Valentine has taken on a much, much bigger role from last year to this year. Can you talk a little about how much of a different role he has? I know Brandon Dawson and him have kind of switched roles where now Dawson's coming off the bench and Valentine's starting. Well, it's interesting right now. Um, Dawson, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes this season because this has been his first real offseason the the offseason after his freshman year he had to rehab his ACL injury so this past offseason has been the really really the first one where he's had the opportunity to uh, to work on his skills rather than trying to work off an injury his jump shot has gotten better um, he's still just an absolute monster on the boards i think his his legs look even better this year um, than it than it did, than they did last year um, in terms of Denzel Valentine i think uh, the the name that's been thrown around in comparing him is uh, people have been comparing him to Dr- Draymond Green, which is outrageous for a, <laughs> a true sophomore to be compared to Draymond Green already is outstanding. And it shows the the court awareness and kind of, I think, part of it is the deceptive athleticism of the two of those guys um, really, really leads to his effectiveness. But it was... We or I saw it in the in the first two exhibition games and also in the in the first game against McNeese State. Um, Denzel Valentine can pass so well, and he can dribble. And he the biggest I think when when it comes to dur- tournament time, you want a guy like Denzel Valentine on your team when you play the Syracuses and the the Big East teams that run a zone so much because he can dribble and he can distribute better than a lot of guys his age and a lot of guys in the nation. I did not see that big of a role reversal, or not even a role reversal, but the the amount of load that Denzel Valentine had on his plate from last year to this year has been so much increasing, and I did not think he would become this player. Seeing him play in the first couple games, I'm very, very impressed. He's kind of like the glue guy to that team, so I'm really, really excited to see how much more he can provide to that team come in the future, but I want to ask you a question since you brought up the loss of Derek Nix. 
I watched the game against Kentucky. I, I know this is probably something that Tom Izzo brought up in the preseason, but it seems like rebounding might be the biggest issue on this team, especially losing one of your top rebounders in your front court from last year. How necessarily, I mean, you talked a little about Brandon Dawson picking up some of the slack, but how necessarily are they going to rebound the ball this year to the potential that they can? Is there a definitive answer to their rebounding issues? Well, it's it's tough to say because they've kind of played the two polar opposites in terms of uh, physical talent. Mm-hmm. They've played a, a McNeese State team that was pretty physical and uh, and and a pretty good team, um, and then but not anywhere near as physically gifted as Michigan State. And then they played Kentucky, who is the polar opposite, just freakishly naturally gifted on. I mean that's just a huge team, um, but I right now and and I think the biggest thing for Michigan State in terms of rebounding is just staying out of foul trouble because when they had Adrian Payne and Ma- and Matt Costello in the game tonight, uh, they looked pretty good on the boards. When you have Payne, Dawson, and, and Costello all crashing the boards, that's a pretty good threesome headed towards the glass. But um, Payne and and uh, Payne and Costello got into some foul trouble, and, and tonight we really saw, I think, the first time that uh, the hand-checking rule has played a major role in a game, and, and it's going to be interesting going forward to see um, how that affects how that affects the season, but um, that's that's an aside. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they recover from Knicks. I think Payne and Dawson will be the, the two big rebounders. Um, so it's it's going to have to be a more more of a collective effort. It's not going to be as much pain and, and Knicks going and getting you know thirty boards between the two of them in the game. It's it's got to be the uh, the guards and the small forwards have to crash the boards more than they have in the past. And let's transition over from talking about the players individually to the collective team and what Chom Izzo is trying to bring in terms of a culture. What have you seen this year? From I don't know if you've seen any scrimmages. I know you've seen a couple games so far. Is there something collectively as a team, whether it be they're more up tempo, whether they're being they're switching more on defense, whether it being five guys to the boards that they're doing quite differently from years before? Well, the biggest thing this year is is they wanted to be more up tempo this season. Uh, they don't have the kind of size. Derek uh, Derek Nix wasn't necessarily uh, the tallest big guy in the in the nation, um, but he was wide, so he could move people around. Um, but uh, when it comes to, but now that they have gotten rid of that big body and they've got, they pretty much go ten deep, just athletic, athletic guys. Um, they uh, they want to run the ball. It was it was shown tonight, really, um, playing against Kansas, and they showed it also in the exhibition games and in the uh, and in the first game prior to Kansas against McNeese. Um, they uh, they can run the floor, probably. I haven't seen. I haven't watched a lot of other games. Obviously, it's been pretty, pretty hit or miss so far in the coverage. But um, yeah, they can they can run the ball and they can uh, they will get out in transition, and that's the way they want to beat teams this year. Is they want to get out and they want to score before people have a chance to get their their heels dug into the paint. Even on missed shots, they're they're getting the ball in as fast as possible yep. and getting that ball across the across the uh, the timeline and five seconds tops. 
Yeah, and it's really, really nice to have a senior in Keith Appling leading the up-tempo. So that's that's nice on a leadership perspective. It's nice to see the trust that Tom Izzo has in Keith Appling. With that said, and I'll head out on this one, give me a best-case, worst-case scenario for this Spartan team heading into the season. Best-case scenario, this team wins the national championship. And, and I am, I've watched enough... Michigan State basketball in the past, and I'm a lifelong Cubs fan, so I know what it feels like <laughs> to have your team just have fantastic expectations and then just stomp right on your heart. But I, I don't, especially after tonight, I, I think if and Michigan State has some, they have some room to grow. It's not saying that they are the best team in the nation, but uh, best case scenario is a national championship, and, and I think worst case scenario is a, an Elite Eight loss. And that's outstanding, and I think it, it shows just how good this team is this year that that I I really do think an Elite Eight loss would be crushing to, to this team with all the expectations that they came with, in with and all the talent that they have. Andrew Hayes of Impact 89 FM. You could visit his work on impact89fm.org slash sports, man. It's been a pleasure. I hope Michigan State lives up to the potential because Izzo, in my opinion, is the best coach in college basketball, and there's no coach more deserving of another title than Tom Izzo. So I hope all goes well, Andrew. It's been a pleasure. Hank, thank you very much, and uh, hope to be talking to you soon, man.